And we are back. Welcome back to the Depressed Cincinnati Sports Fan Podcast. I am Jesse Mapati. It is the first day of July. And you know what that means. Sports is a very low right now. There's really nothing going on right now. Baseball is playing. And you see Cincinnati Reds right now, guys. They're not good. And the NFL is about to start up soon, but it's taking forever. Hockey just ended last week. The NBA Finals ended two weeks ago. So, and we got soccer. And luckily... For this tri-state area, the soccer team from Major League Soccer is actually really good this year, finally. And on this podcast, we're going to talk about FC Cincinnati in depth for the first time on this podcast. So get ready for that. But like I said, I'm just my potty. And my last podcast, I had my friend Tommy Stewart on. He'll be back on next week. So this podcast is just pretty much a rundown of recapping, just basically like a recap update on what's going on in the Cincinnati sports world. All right, for our Cincinnati Bengals, right now the Bengals are on vacation before training camp starts, which begins on July 27th. I'm looking forward to it. Gosh, like, guys, I'll admit, the other day <laughs> I finally watched the Super Bowl highlights. I told myself, and I told you guys too, that I'll never, ever watch the rams Bengals Super Bowl ever again. But... I'm like, you know what? Let me just watch it. And <laughs> it was a mistake, but at the same time, man, the Bengals, Bengals should have won that game. Damn. I am still salty about that. And I'm still I'm still depressed from it. But once training camp begins on the 27th of this month, I'm gonna move on and hopefully the, the depression of the Super Bowl will go away. But man, just watching those highlights. This past week, I was just like, man, man, man. Especially in the third quarter when we when we scored that touchdown to begin the second half. And then, and then Matthew Stafford threw the pick. I'm thinking to myself, oh my gosh, if we score here, we're up two touchdowns. I mean, I feel like we would have got that game under control. But kicking field goals, kicking on field goals, and then we couldn't protect Joe Burr in the second half. Dude got sacked six times in the second half. Like, ah. Like, it just thinking about it just makes me really mad. But, hey, we just got to move on to new season. I can't wait for this season. Like I said, training camp begins on the 27th. So, if any Bengals fans want to go to the training camp sites, it will begin on the 27th. Gates will open at 1.30, and then practice will start at 2.15. Now, here are the dates for the training camp. We got the 28th of this month. We got the 29th, 30th. The 30th will be will be at Paul Brown Stadium. So, if you want to go watch the Bengals practice at PBS, that will be on July 30th. The practice will be at 2.15. Tickets is all required for that. And then we got August 1st, August 2nd, August 4th, August 5th, August 7th, August 10th, August 14th, and then August 18th. And then the Bengals' first preseason game is on August 21st at New York against the Giants. That's at 7 p.m., kickoff on a Sunday. So I'm looking forward to it. Joe Burrow two weeks ago said that he's already locked in, like it's go time. And that was refreshing because usually any quarterback for any team will just be like, you know what, we're going to take this six weeks time just to, you know, go on vacation and just relax. But Joe Burrow, he's been locked in. Like after the Super Bowl, he took time off, obviously, because I mean, it was a long-ass season for him and his team. But for him specifically, I mean, he got sacked 52 times in the regular season, 19 times in the postseason. So dude needed a break. 
But for him to say that it's go time, that the team's already locked in, and that he's going to continue to work out during this six-week vacation time before training camp, and he said that he's going to be in hella good shape when camp opens up on the 27th. I, I, I was just like, you know what? This man is business 24-7. That's why I'm so glad Joe Burrow is the quarterback and the franchise quarterback of the Cincinnati Bengals, QB1. So just I just love that quote. Like, dudes, dude's like locked in like all the time. And he wants he wants to spread that to his team. Now he did say that a lot of players have their different mindset when it comes to like what they're motivating and stuff. But you know, for him to say that, I, I just hope that his words and, and I think the players on the team, you know, they take heartily what Joe Burrow says. Like, even me too. Like, I mean, this guy has changed the city. Like, when when Joe Burrow speaks, like you listen and you take notes and you run with it. So I think with him saying that he's locked in, I, I just hope that when a team when a team comes together in the end of the month, I think they're all gonna be locked in and whew, I can't wait for the season. So that's your Bengals update, and once training camp begins, we're going to be just, there's going to be a lot of content on this podcast, podcast on podcast, episodes on episodes, training camp updates as we, you know, as the season leads up to September 11th against the Steelers at Parbell Stadium. So get ready, get ready. After the first two weeks of July, now the podcast is going to be popping. So we got finally, we got finally something to talk about in length. All right, I said in the beginning of this podcast, we're going to talk about Major League Soccer. And we're going to talk about FCC Cincinnati. Yes, that team that has been sucky for the first four years in their MLS career. And now, year five, FCC Cincinnati is actually good. Right now, the team sits sixth place in the Eastern Conference with 24 points with a seven, seven wins. Seven losses, three ties. I mean, round of applause for FCC Cincinnati. This is under first-year head coach Pat Noonan, who's pretty much has built, he's pretty much changed the culture. Like, I, I, you can just tell. Like, they've added some pieces to the team, but overall, they still have the same players. And you can just tell by the way they're gelling. They like, The players like each other. And that's what I was saying, like, the previous teams and the previous coaches, it didn't seem the team had chemistry because they're going from head coach to head coach for head coach because they just they just suck, you know. Let's just say how it is; they just suck. But I love how Noonan just a, has just like emulate his culture from day one, just like that. And I said before the season that this team was going to be way better. Now I didn't think they're going to be like this. Like they're they're good, but I didn't expect this leap just like that, especially under year one with Noonan. I didn't expect this, so good for them, and it's good for the city. And listen, I'm I'm all aboard with this team. Like I've watched this team play during the USL League when they were playing at Nipper Stadium. Like I'm all for FCC Cincinnati. It's great for the city, like I said. And with the Reds just being absolutely garbage this year, it's good to have a team like FC Cincinnati, playing well, and you're going to get big crowds at TQL Stadium, and it's going to help because you want a good team, you want a good professional sports team playing, you know, good ball, whatever the sport it is, 
during the summertime. You know, you were, you were hoping that for the Reds, but you know how just inept the organization is, especially in the higher-ups. But I'm glad that Cincinnati is really good this year. So here's a recap so far on the season. It's, it's flying by right now. They swept Orlando City, who is fifth in the Eastern Conference. Orlando City is a good soccer team. For, so for FC Cincinnati to sweep them, that's, that's a big deal. Also, this past Wednesday was probably one of the wildest games in MLS this season, okay? So, FC Cincinnati was hosting New York City, which, by the way, are the defending MLS champions at TQL Stadium. Let me just say, while watching this game, I'm like, usually, okay, soccer gets the pretty much the bad rap of just being, you know, very boring sport, ball goes, you know, left and right, blah, blah, blah. Okay, at times, it, there can be a lull, but... Watching this game on Wednesday, I'm like, that was that was insane. So FCC, right, had a 3-0 lead in the first 30 minutes of the game, okay? So Acosta scored their captain, who was about like 4-2. And then Brenner, who I believe is their best player, scored two goals. Okay, his second goal was, was a sick-ass bicycle kick one. That, that was a sick goal. All right, so you're up 3-0, Against the defending MLS champions at your home turf or field. So I'm thinking to myself, this is a statement. If FCC Cincinnati can win this game against the defending champs, watch out. Watch out. Serious playoff contender. All right. So in soccer, when the 45-minute hits... There's usually stoppage time, you know, when it comes to injuries, you know, water breaks, all that stuff. Water breaks usually happens during summertime when it gets all hot and stuff. So in this game, the stoppage time on the 45-minute mark was six minutes. Okay, FCC's up 3 nothing. New York City proceeded to score three goals during the stoppage. And the game went into halftime with the score 3-3. I'm like, wait, what? I'm like, I, I was like, what? What am I watching? What? Like, FCC was like, you know what? We're content with this being nothing. Like, there's no way the defending champs is gonna come back. Now, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, okay, FCC doesn't know how to play with big leads, especially when you're playing a, a team like New York City. And you have players that have never, you know, had a lead like this against a really good team that's just won the championship the year, previous year. So that was in the back of my mind when I was watching the game. But I didn't expect them to blow a 3-0 lead before halftime. I expect New York City to probably get a goal and then maybe get a goal late in the game. And then FCC will barely win 3-2. I didn't expect the game to be tied at before halftime. I was like, Jesus, Molly of Joseph. Yikes. <laughs> Yikes. So the game is tied at halftime. And then the second half begins. Not even a minute in, New York City scores to take the lead. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? Really? So you allow three goals on stoppage time. And then not even a minute into halftime, you already give up the lead. All right, so FCC's down 4-3. And Brenner scores a hat trick. First 
first career hat trick for Brenner. Congratulations to him. Round of applause. And also the first hat trick in MLS history for SC Cincinnati. So round of applause for that as well. So 4-4. And then in the 88th minute, right? It looked like Brenner scored his fourth goal. It looked like SCC was about to pull it off. But they ruled it offsides. Now, the officiating in this game was absolutely shit. Okay? I don't know a lot about soccer, but I do know the basic rules. And watching that game, I watched all that game. Ain't nobody going to watch Red's Cubs. So I was watching all that game. The officiating was so shit. Like, Brenner, he had a hat trick. But he could have, he should have had six goals in that game. He had one goal disallowed in the, in the first half. And then this goal was in the, in the 88th minute, which it was, you know, ruled offsides. I know what offsides is in soccer. If you guys watch the game, go watch the highlights, okay? Go on YouTube. That was not offsides, okay? That was not offsides. That was, that was a shitty call. It was unfortunate. Damn. <sighs> Yeah, that was bad officiating. That's all I got to say. And I, Like I said, I don't, I'm not a soccer genius, but I am. I know the basics. And that, that whole officiating crew should, not, should never, ever, ever officiate an FCC game ever again. If I ever see them, if I see them against the Columbus crew, if I see them against, uh, who, who else? Philadelphia, if they come here, I think probably they already come here already. Or New York City again, if you go to New York, like, if I see that crew, okay, ref a FCC game, Pat Noonan is going to throw a fit. So we'll talk about that, you know, shortly. But it was the first time in MLS history that a team, New York City, has completed a comeback from a three-goal deficit before halftime. That's, that's crazy. First time in MLS history. Like I said, before halftime. Before halftime. And after the game... When the teams were, you know, giving them each other dabs and all that stuff, one hell of a game. Pat Noonan was was, was uh, talking to the officiating crew, and then a, one official said to Noonan because he was very upset about the offside call that disallowed Brenner's goal. The official said to Noonan, and I quote, "You blew it." Oh, Pat threw a fit and. I was watching the I was watching that and I was thinking to myself, oh shit, what's going on? Why Pat tripping? I was like, dude, your team blew a three-nothing lead before halftime. But I didn't know the extent of why he was mad. And then I saw a video of it yesterday and I was like, oh, okay. Pat, you had every right to go at that official. That officiating crew and that that official specifically needs to be fired immediately. Like, how dickish, dickheadish is that? Really? Really? To tell a opposing, to tell that coach, opposing coach, that you blew it? Whereas Pat was specifically was just want to know why you call that offsides call, which was not an offside call, by the way. He was just trying to get an ex- explanation. But that official revoked to, to being a dickhead. And I, I completely agree with Noonan getting upset. I, I, I am. And you know what? I rather I want a coach that cares like Pat does. He cares. He cares. He's backing his team up. So 
FCC got their guys. So, yeah, that was a tough one. You know, before the game, I told a buddy of mine, I was like, you know what? If they can get a point against New York City, I'll be happy. But damn, they should have got three points. But you know what? I think this game will will be a turning point. I think they will learn from this game, learn how to, you know, hold with a lead and not, you know, take their foot off the gas pedal. You got to keep going. You got to keep going, especially against these elite teams you're playing. And you're you're fighting for playoff positioning. You got to keep the foot in the gas pedal. You have to. You have to. So I think this game will help this team down the road. And this team is, you know, if everything works out for them, they're, they're a playoff team. They're a playoff team. Right now, they're sixth spot in the East. So, the games that you have to win. So, they play New York. New, I'm sorry. They play New England, the Revolution, on Saturday at New England. You have to get three points there. Because you don't want to be, towards the end of the season, you know, battling for like the seventh and eighth spot. That's, that's where it's going to get tricky, you know. You want to be like in the, you know, the, the, the top six because you want to battle for those last two playoff spots. That's going to get really, really dicey. So games against teams that you know you can win, you have to get three points. I mean, I know getting a point's fine, but you got to get those three points. Like, you got to get those three points. So I, I, that's why I say that this New York City game will help this team, and I hope it will. I hope it will. So... If you guys haven't been to a game this year, go. Go. This team is really good. They're fun to watch. They're well-disciplined. And they genuinely like each other. The chemistry, it's really good. You, have, you could have said that you know, the, the previous four years with this team. This team actually like each other. And it's good that they have good chemistry. So I hope FCC continues to, their success. And we'll continue to talk, to them throughout, uh, talk about them throughout the podcast. Even when the Bengals... Training camp and the Bengals, you know, when, once the Bengals start heating up, we'll still talk about FCC because they're relevant, because they're good. It's about time. I didn't think it was going to happen this year, but hey, you know what? I'm for it. I didn't think the, I didn't think the Bengals were going to go to Super Bowl last year. So they're arriving early, and I'm perfectly okay with it. So good for FCC. Do we really want to talk about the Cincinnati Reds right now? The Reds are garbage. Okay, the Reds are 26 and 49. Okay, they just lost a series to the Chicago Cubs yesterday. <sighs> I don't know what else to talk about when it comes to the Cincinnati Reds. <clears throat> Jonathan India's back, so I'm glad he's back. Tyler Stevenson's still working his way back from breaking his thumb. I think Brandon Drury should be an all star. Jerry Vile does not deserve this. Hunter Green is going to be great for us. Graham Oshkroft is good. He'll have his moments, but he's he's been really good for us. Luis Castillo. All right, so Luis on Tuesday, okay, against the Cubs. This man threw a great game, all right? He pitched about six and one-third innings, 11 strikeouts. This guy threw 125 pitches. That should tell you how terrible the Reds' bullpen is. That Luis has to throw 125 pitches in six and one-third innings. Wow. I mean, what else manager David Bell is going to do? Like, he, 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 
He doesn't trust his bullpen. I don't blame him. But damn, Luis has to throw 125. I mean, he's trading bait. I mean, the the Reds probably are going to trade him in, in, during in the trading deadline, which by the way is July 31st. But damn, 125 pitches. I saw that stat line. I was like, whoa, whoa. So uh, the Reds are a mess, and they're on pace to probably. Lose a hundred plus games this year. I mean, they they hit a pretty good stride where they were actually winning games and series. Where I'm like, oh, this team might now lose a hundred games, and now they have not played good baseball over the last three weeks or so. So I guess they're back on track to probably losing a hundred games or even more. So it sucks. It sucks that Reds baseball is not good. It sucks that their attendance is low. But you know, duh, because you put it, you put. A bad product on the field. I mean, what do you expect? You expect you're obviously going to expect the, the attendance to be low. So it's a it's a mess. Um, the Castellinis are a joke. I think Nick Crawl is just their puppet. And yeah, I feel bad for the players because they're trying. The players want to win. It's not like they don't want to. It's not like they're trying to lose. They're trying to win. But you just blame the organization for not putting a winning product on the field. Period. Period. So. Sad affairs. You just hope Reds baseball will be back to relevant real soon. I really do. I really do. This this town right now is feeding off the Bengals Super Bowl run high of last year. And now this town is, you know, now feeding off FCC Cincinnati's success. So for the Reds to be where they're at right now, it's, it's pretty bad. So let's just hope Reds baseball will be relevant real soon. Let's hope. All right. So. Cincinnati Bearcats football. We haven't talked about UC football in a while on this podcast, but the season's about to start real soon. I can't wait for college football, all right? Listen, UC went undefeated in the regular season last year, all right? First ever group of five team to make the college football playoff. I know, yes, they lost Desmond Ritter. They lost Sauce Gardner. Yes, they lost a lot of great players from that team last year. But, hey, listen, well, Luke Fickle... And what they're doing in the recruiting, all right, it has been incredible. Right now, the 2000, the 2023, I'm going to say 2003. I'm like, what the hell? The 2023 recruiting class for the Cincinnati Bearcats football team is ranked number 10 in the nation. This is a team that is right now currently in the American Conference. But next year, the Big 12 bound, beginning July 1st. 2023, the Bearcats will be officially in the Big 12 Conference. Thank you. Thank you. It's about time. It's about time. So, that's a big deal. To be the number 10 in the 2023 recruiting class, Cincinnati? That's a, wow. And we're going to go to the Big 12 next year. And the players that we're going to recruit, is going to even, they're going to be even more and more and more good. Wow. It bodes well for this, for this team, for this program. Luke Fickle, in his presser, when he was first introduced as head coach of the Cincinnati Bearcats football team, he said that he wanted to build a top 10 program. I think he's there. I think he's there. Now, he said that we still got ways to go. And I believe him when he says that. And I think he's not bullshitting when he say he's, he's even though people say, wait, wait, what? You just took this team. You took this program to the college football playoff last year. 
But he's thinking like, no, we still got a long ways to go. I love that. I love that. So, Fickle's not done. He's not done. And I don't know what's going to happen this year with this team. As the season gets closer, I'm going to preview this upcoming season. There's a lot of storylines with this team. Obviously, new quarterback. You know, you have no Dez for the first time. You have no Sauce Gardner, no Jerome Ford, no Alec Pierce. It's going to be a different team, but the goal is still intact. Win a conference championship. And this Bearcats football team this year, they can definitely win the American Conference. Yes, they can still win it. You got teams like Houston and UCF, which I believe those are the two teams that are going to be UC's toughest competition when it comes to defending their crown in the American Conference. But I think this team can definitely win the American Conference Championship this year. They can. They can. UC's first game, by the way, is at Arkansas against the Razorbacks on September 3rd. That's a big one. If UC can get by that game and somehow beat Arkansas, which Arkansas is a really good team this year, by the way. They're probably top 15, I believe. They can beat that team on the road. It sets, it sets up UC well for the rest of the season. Now, they won't go undefeated, but I can definitely see this team winning between 9, 10 games, maybe 11 games. So it's going to be an, and it's going to be an interesting team. But I still, think, I, still think, I still think this team can definitely win double-digit games this year. They can. They can. Because you got Luke Fickle. And I think the, the key is for this team is just who's going to be the, start, the starting quarterback. Because you got Evan Prater, who knows the offense. And then you got Ben Bryant, who was a Bearcat, then transferred to Eastern Michigan. Now he's back with the team. They both play different styles. Evan Prater is more of the running type quarterback, and Ben Bryant's more of the pocket passer. So it's interesting storylines. And then the defense, right now, people are saying that the Bearcats' defense is a strength. Their D line's really good this year. And I'm like, damn, their D line was really good last year. So, but you lose Sauce, you lose Kobe Bryant, but you got Deshaun Pace, who I believe is an NFL prospect. So I think he's going to be the guy leading the, the defense. You got, you got Will Huber, Wilson Huber. So they still got the pieces. They're not going to go. They're not going to playoff this year. Okay. Well, let's just, let's just say that when well, they're not going to playoff, but they can definitely go to a new year's six bowl. Definitely. So we'll see. I'm, I'm looking forward to it, guys. Football's almost here. Bengals season's almost here. Bearcats football season's almost here. FCC is playing well, and unfortunately, the Reds stink, but hey, I'm glad that we got three teams on this in this tri-state area that is doing well, so, and also, hey, Bearcats basketball is about to start up as well, too, sort of, kind of, Bearcats basketball begins in November, but I know their practice is about to start real soon around, I believe, right now it's July, so, September-ish, that's when I believe their practices and start picking up when it comes to college basketball. So, so yeah, I think that's pretty much it to cover. Like I said, not really not really a lot going on right now when it comes to sports, but it will start picking up towards the latter part of the month. So, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Um, what else? What else is there to talk about? Oh, if you didn't know, the NBA Finals, the Golden State Warriors won. Another championship, so round of applause to them. 
And also, when it comes to the NHL, the Colorado Avalanche won the Stanley Cup, their first title since 2001. Round of applause to them. And then right now, the NBA free agency is going on right now, and it's, it's, it's hectic right now. And I don't really have notes about that because I didn't really write that down. But if there's, like, something to watch for the next, like, couple of days and weeks, it's the NBA free agency. And if you're a huge MLB baseball fan, you can watch baseball as well. And also watch FCC as well, too. So, all right. So, I'm out. That's it. And I'll be back next week. And Tommy Stewart will be back. And we're going to talk about more Bengals stuff and also give out our award predictions when it comes to who's going to be the NFL MVP, rookie of the year, offensive rookie of the year, defensive rookie of the year, defensive player of the year, you know, all that jazz. So appreciate you guys supporting this podcast. Have a safe and happy 4th of July weekend. And I will see you guys next week. Peace.